be better said, these divided states of America uh, instead of United States of America. Uh, And I know just mentioning the title, um, some of you are very nervous now about what I'm going to say. Uh, And and then others of you may think, uh, you know, um, you think you know what I'm going to speak about and and you are excited. Uh, Truth is, you're both probably wrong. I mean, because it is divided that we stand. Uh, Last year, Linda and I had the opportunity... um, uh, to hear the Huntington Symphony, and, and don't peg me, I'm pigeonhole me, I'm not a Huntington Symphia, uh, Symphony Orchestra kind of person, but we had the opportunity to hear, <coughs> to hear them. Lord, please don't let me have a fit here. Um we had the opportunity to hear the Huntington Symphony Orchestra. Um, and, and to be honest with you, if you, have you ever heard an orchestra warming up? It's horrible. And, I mean, they, they do all this warm-up at the same time. It's, it's like every instrument off doing something, and it's just literally awful. And yet, until... Once accomplished, it's very beautiful, and you know it. it, it when they make that music together, um, we heard them with uh, Michael W. Smith. They were there to Keith Albee, and and we had the opportunity to go. And then we heard them over on the riverfront with the Supremes, um, less Diana Ross, but you know they they were there, and and it it was very good. Um, that just. You know, once they got it together and they were united in that, it it was good. The same is true of churches. That focus, um, you know, the on things that unite us instead of things that divide us. Um, this past week, you know, there's a pink elephant in everybody's room right now. Um, in their homes, but but this last past week, our political candidates won or lost, and I, I want, I, I've got this written down. So, according to how the people voted, um, and and it's not over yet. I, I'm aware, and you know, but but please play me or hear me out. The church will win, win or lose based on how you behave. And it, it, it really behooves us, and I stated on Wednesday evening, a divided country needs a unified church. Whichever political persuasion you are, um, you ought to be concerned, though, um, what the mainstream media and Facebook and Twitter has done. 
with the propaganda and the censorship, uh, the biasness with no remorse um, or recourse. And, and the shutting down of churches across this country, um, I, I, it, it troubles me. I, I've said publicly, it, it's a leaning in toward communism. And my concern, you know, is, uh, is the communistic, socialistic control of churches and people's minds by the news media outlets and social media. Um, Linda and I voted two weeks ago, or three, and at that point in time, you know, I haven't opened Facebook up except to go look at my grandkids' pictures. Uh, I refuse, you know, to, to, to keep myself worked up, but... It really ought to concern everyone, no matter what your political persuasion, what what has happened there. Um, Technology as a whole is not my field. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I, I love technology. I I went to school many years ago and, and, and took it to, you know, classes um, it was Lotus and IBM way back then, <laughs> if that tells you anything as to what my age is. But uh, uh, I, <laughs> it was not Excel and PowerPoint and all that you know that we have today. Uh, but I use a Mac, um, and, and and I love technology. I'm just not very technological. Um, and everybody said amen that knows me. Uh, but to me, Facebook and Twitter accounts of Christians needs to be managed by the Holy Spirit. And self-control and proper restraint and it's either amen or oh me um mature judgment the fruit of the spirit um and and that is the mentoring process that the holy spirit does uh parents and and grandparents and coaches and and pastors and teachers should mentor us in faith and wisdom and, and knowledge. Uh, but some of our actions and our words needs to be thought about through the lens of this book. And... Uh, 2020 is just a year that keeps on taking. I, I mean, think about it. COVID lockdown and, and you have death with, with all of it, which is real. And, and the economy, you know, that the bottom just dropped completely out that affects everybody, no matter what party you're a part of. Um, we have wildfires that have burned that, that we really haven't heard a whole lot about, but they scorched 
out west. And if, if you look, uh, Louisiana alone has been hit by three and now maybe four hurricanes coming again. Um, and just devastated. I, I know I seen where Becky and, and Bobby was was there working a, a week or so ago with uh, you know with with Samaritan's Purse, and and it's just it's on. And the the let alone the the racial divide and and the the just the the riots and now the election division and the distrust that as is there now because of that. And this is the divided states of America, folks. And our communities, uh, rural areas are now pitted against big cities. And, and you have Democrats versus Republicans, which is obvious and has been since the beginning of, of our country. And yet... Families and homes and even churches are divided through all of this. And never, and, and I'm, I, I'm, I don't care, I'll soon be 64 years old, and never in my lifetime have I seen this or felt this kind of division ever. Uh, my entire lifetime, uh, I have voted concerning issues, um, not for a person or, or a party. And, and usually it was around building trades and, and infrastructure and things that affected my, my, you know, my, my livelihood, construction. And, 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 and yet, you know, I, I can also say that you know, around those issues are things that are abortion and same-sex marriage and, and the economy and, and immigration. You, you, you look at the issues, and, but never, ever division like this. Never, ever. And I'll, I'll never forget, as long as I live, and before you turn me off, I'm, I'm going somewhere with all this. Twelve years ago, I'll never forget... Just this time of year, Brother Dave Byers, standing in the church, saying simply, vote Jesus. Vote Jesus. And that has stuck with me um, through these past 12 years. And he had already endorsed his candidate. He had already chosen his authority and he already knew what platform he was going to stand on and the fact of the matter is um, it is a platform that churches and denominations and Christians and Catholics have ignored and we have failed to reach two or three generations of kids that are now young adults with the gospel and the teachings of the Word of God as the complete authority over our lives. And we, because of fear of being labeled as legalists, 
no longer preach biblical standards. We no longer preach morality out of fear that someone's going to say we're a legalist. Holiness is a thing of the past. And there is all of this um, self-justification by legalists, or I mean by liberals in churches. And, and I'm not preaching but to the choir today. There is this self-justification by liberals and churches and denominations and, and, and even the political parties themselves. My side is right. And they both quote scripture uh, and, and then ask, uh, what side is Jesus on? And scripture is very clear about that. What side Jesus is on. And they even tried to pigeonhole Jesus whenever he was here on earth and alive. And Joshua 5, 13, 14, and 15. Uh, I want to read it to you this morning. And it says, Now then Joshua was near Jericho. And he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? And the next word says what? Neither. Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come now to you. Then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked, What message does my Lord have for his servant? Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Theologians will tell you if you go read this that that man standing there with his sword drawn was Christ incarnate. Christ the incarnate. Folks, Jesus didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. Complete control of all our lives. King of kings, Lord of lords, Lord of all and above all. And the fact of the matter is that he is bigger than a party. He is bigger than the left. He is bigger than the right. He is the whole of everything. If you want to substantiate that, just go home and read the book of Colossians. It's very clear. We have allowed as Christians and got caught up in this political, evangelical propaganda as way of persuasion to try to sway us. And some of which is no more Christ-like than the man in the moon. Nowhere at all close to being spiritual or based on this Bible being the absolute authority as the Word of God. There's nothing that could not be fixed in Washington, D.C., and I've said it before, if they had just honored this book as the complete authority of law. 
and do what it says and win them to Christ that are lost. It's that simple. And in these divided United States, we need a united church. Do you know what the main aspect Let me shock you a little bit this morning. Do you know what the main aspect of spiritual maturity is? You say, oh yeah, it's going to church. Oh, it's giving. It's, uh, and you can come with all these different things that you want to describe the main aspect of spiritual. You want to know what it is? Surrender. Surrender. It is when you choose from God's word, God's purpose over your personal preference. There is nothing that divides us like politics. You say, oh, so you're one of these guys that we should just pray. Lord, no. There's nothing wrong with just praying. And I've, I, that's what I've done. Three weeks ago, I went, and two or three weeks ago, we went and voted. Linda can tell you, I've, I've quit looking at it. I, don't, I haven't watched the news. I won't look at Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty much sure I may be done with Facebook completely. But the fact of the matter is that we need to get involved in our political situations. Do your part. Make sure you voted. And, and if you didn't, then shame on you. you. You know, you'll have no right to complain whichever side you're on. And, and we ought to influence. Our, we, we ought to educate, especially our children, concerning the issues as they align with the Word of God. You ought to run for office. And you ought to take your Bible with you. Mike Pence, as far as I'm concerned, is the perfect example of what you can be as a Christian and in political office. Politics matter. And the reason politics matter is because policies or politics create laws and policies. And, and laws and policies affect people. And every, here, my famous thing, every, every number has a face, and every face has a name, and every name has a story, and their story matters to God, and it also matters to me, and it ought to matter to you. Because politics affect. Us. But we can't be jerks for Jesus. Because the world watches us. We can't riot to change and change the rules. Because the world's watching us as Christians. We've got to do what right. My grandfather used to say, even if the stars fall, you just do what's right, son. And you'll never go wrong. A divided world needs a unified church. But let me tell you something. There is a difference between united and unity. 
We can be united and not have unity. Picture this in your mind if you can. When I was a kid, we talked about taking two cats and tying their tails together and throwing them over a clothesline. Now, all you cat lovers don't hate me. I never done it, but I sure wanted to just to see what would happen. But the fact of the matter is that would be united but not unity. (laughs) A divided world needs followers of Jesus to be united, walking in the same direction, speaking truth from the word of God. That is just not the case within churches and Christians on biblical and moral issues today. This is the change that needs needed in our country. Jesus, before his crucifixion, was praying for us about this, and Marty alluded to it perfectly. John 17, 20 and 21 says, My prayer is not for them alone. He's talking, he's in a big long prayer here in John 17. I wish we could read it all. And he's praying for the disciples. And and he says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you. Christ was praying for you some 2,000 years ago. For those that will believe in me through their message, that all of them, what? May be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us. Why? 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 So that the world may believe that you sent me also. So that they'd get saved. You see, many think unity is impossible. No, it's revival that would make it possible. When pastors, churches, and preachers, and Catholics and all the other denominations would start just taking the word of God literally and believing it. And preach the truth. Many think unity is impossible. No, it's imperative, folks. It's vitally important. It's crucial. It's a must. Jesus did not pray for uniformity He prayed for unity. And not that we would be alike, but we would be aligned. Aligned around what? The Word of God. The truth. And if you read the Gospels, Jesus loved folks who were nothing like Him. It's what I hate about Facebook and its control. They put you in a box with ten friends, and they call that an echo chamber. You may not even be aware of this. Um, 
But it divides us more because we're separated. We're, 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 in, we're, we're pigeonholed. There's no interaction or engagement. I have liberal friends that never, that, that never see anything or that I never get to talk to. I don't want to be a jerk. I just want to be able to engage and leverage the truth from the Word of God. I want to be kind and lovingly speak truth to those individuals. That is the way Jesus was. Do you realize the unsaved loved Jesus more than the religious right? Do you ever think about that? And he used those relationships to leverage the gospel. Those outside of his echo chamber. When was the last time that you spent time with someone who was a polar opposite? We're pulling ourselves with our politics back into a holy huddle. We won't get outside of our echo chamber. When is the last time that you had a conversation or a dinner time at a tailgate or a bonfire, maybe where alcohol was being consumed? When is the last time that you literally had a heart-to-heart conversation with someone that was lost and maybe didn't think exactly like you do. You see, we learn the hearts of people and we cannot be hijacked by their politics. I sure hope you're listening. Let me land this thing. We need to focus on what unites us, not what divides us. Brother Dave said that best too. He said we need to major on the majors and minor on the minors. I told a story Wednesday evening. We used to visit together. When I first came here, I came from a rather large church that... that, um, uh, it was no big deal for us to have a thousand fifteen hundred in Sunday school on a special day. And Brother Dave wanted to build a church, and he said, "What? What do we do?" I said, "You get out of your office and go visit." And he said, "I'll do that when you go with me." And lo and behold, we know where that led us. And we would be visiting, and we would debate. We'd sometimes even argue about. I'm a premillennialist. I make no apologies for it. Brother Dave was an amillennialist. And I, I don't have time. It, that's not the point. We could get into it. And in the midst of our debate, Brother Dave would, would stop and say, we're going to major on the majors. We're going to minor on the minors. And we're going to focus on what unites us, not what divides us, because it doesn't make any difference anyhow. He knows I'm right now because he's already in heaven and I 
tell him that. But we focused on reaching people with the gospel of Christ together. And it needs to be a core value of Big Branch Church that we focus on what unites us, not what divides us. In the essentials or the fundamentals of the faith, we need to have unity. The gospel, the the word of God being absolute. Salvation by grace through faith. There's seven of them. I could go through them. I don't want to take the time. But we need to have unity. But in the non-essentials, we have liberty. But in all things, we ought to show love. Whether it's politics, whether it's those that are married, Same sex, whether it's abortion or addiction, always love. Always love. We can disagree without being disagreeable. It means we have grace to fully accept the person that we disagree with. And remember my words acceptance is not approval. It's love over labels without compromise is the way I put it. Too many people spend their entire lives making big issues over small things that are minors. We have, you know, churches that that they want you to know what they're against more than what they're for. We're for Christ and the gospel and grace. I want to be known by what I'm for. And and, and I want to be known that we are about grace. We are about the gospel. We are about people. We are against sin, yes. Don't, 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 Don't go out of here misquoting me. I'm going to preach on it from time to time. I'm going to preach the Word of God on issues and where the Bible stands. But I'm not into making points. I'm into making a difference in people's lives. And God is still on the throne no matter what happens between now and January 20th. I'm going to look to Christ on the cross as they said this morning. And I'm going to know that I don't have to win to have victory. Because the victory's already been won. I will never, you you tweet this, I will never look in the eyes of a person that Jesus doesn't love. Never. And neither will you. Christ died for everyone. What side you on, Lord? Neither. Romans twelve sixteen. 
It says live in harmony with one another. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Paul said that. That's in the NLT. I had to go find it in plain English so I could make sure we all understood. I went back in some of my old notes on third-party negotiations. I used to be an arbitrator by, of sorts as a construction manager. You always had people fighting and arguing, trying to settle disputes over money and contracts. And I adapted these thoughts. We need to speak the truth in love, yes. We can't put our convictions on a shelf and nobody's asking anybody to do that. We need to be persuasive though without being abrasive. We need to have conversations, not confrontations. We don't need more jerks for Jesus. Too many people would rather be right than make a right relationship right. We need to focus on eternity. God is still in control and our mission for Big Branch Church has not changed. He is up to something here and I wish I had the time to tell you what he's doing behind the scenes right now but I don't. But God's up to something big at Big Branch Church. And our mission has not changed. Though divided we stand. Divided states of America deserves and needs a united church. And I'll close with this statement. Politics didn't change the world. Christianity did. And how did that happen? By winning the lost. And if you take your focus off of people that are unsaved and, and take it off and put it on anything else, your compass is out of kelter, people. God didn't call me to worry about what's going on in Washington, D.C., and he didn't call you either. He called you and give you and commissioned you to win the lost. Go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't lose your focus over what's happening around us. Divided we stand. We must be united as a church. Let's stand.